0: In this episode, we are looking at girl boss culture and how it became incredibly toxic. We look at its ties to MLMs, and this episode contains one of my favorite quotes ever. It says that the girl boss is the sexist Trojan horse. So listen and see if you agree. Hi, I'm Heather Wood, and I'm an intuition and ego expert. And I'm Jamie Hayhurst, and I'm an energy healer. We're both passionate about smashing the patriarchy, integrity in the spiritual world, and social justice. This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jay. I have a really interesting hot topic for us today.
1: Yeah, I think this one needs like a spice level warning.
0: Yeah, what's the highest spice level? (laughs) It was like, I think five. Okay, this is a five spice on the spice meter. Yeah, five peppers. Five peppers. Um, We are going to talk about girl boss culture toxicity. Yes, we are. And it's coming from two feminists. So I think that this might be an interesting point of view. Agreed. I have like a disclosure I need to say at the beginning before we get started. Yeah. And... I feel like it's really important for people to hear this before they start making a judgment call about what this episode's going to be like or how they're going to like take in the information. Yes, before the hackles come up. Let's hit the disclosure. <laughs> yes, okay. Our feelings about girl boss culture and we're going to talk about how MLMs play into that. Mm -hmm. Our feelings about those two things you're going to hear very clearly on here are negative. Yes. What's really important for me, for everyone to understand is that this is not something where we want anyone to feel shame. If they have done any of the things that we're going to talk about or kind of have gotten, or are still stuck into girl boss culture or in an MLM or anything like that. This is not us trying to give you shame for that. And those decisions Right. In fact, you're going to hear us talk about our own experiences in that. Yep, you will. This is this is a call out to the toxicity of the culture of it and its negative effect it has on everyone and that it's the culture and it's the structure and it's it's that that needs to change and the blame does not belong on the people who have been kind of a victim of it. Agreed. So I want it to be clear that I'm not going after anyone in those places. I I wouldn't do that. And shame is one of the last things I want anyone to feel. I hope that this episode gives you a little freedom, like out of the places where you might be stuck, that maybe you don't even clock are making you feel bad. Right. And Heather
1: and I feel so strongly about this, that we are doing this episode, but we also realize that, it's going to make a lot of people feel defensive. So we don't want to spend the entire episode saying things, but then sort of softening them. So we're saying it now, like please hear what we're saying and know that we're coming from a place that we want to protect people. And we also want to call out the structures, the systems that are in place to take advantage of people. I mean, that's what this whole podcast is about is calling out those structures. So I just think it needs to be said that as much as we want to protect people and to protect their feelings, it's more important to us at the end of the day to call out the system. That's what people really need to be protected from is not like us criticizing, but really from this very yucky,
0: manipulative predatory system that's happening. Exactly. Our, our reason for calling it out is to help the people stuck or influenced or having a negative effect from it, not to make the people trapped in it feel bad. It's kind of like, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about cult psychology and how that plays into some of this stuff, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like blaming someone who's trapped in a cult for the cult and shaming them for being in a cult where that's not where the blame belongs. Right. Exactly. It's still, so, it's manipulative. Perfect. Perfect word. Yes. So this is designed to give our listeners information mm-hmm. to take in and to hear and to see if any of these things are having a negative effect on their lives. You can spare us the messages about how great being a girl boss is or, MLMs are that we don't need that. If you believe that and want to, you're, you've been informed and you want to stay in those places. Okay. Exactly. This isn't like meant to be an argument is my point. It's meant to present you with some information that we hope will help you see something, feel better about something and basically make you feel better in your life.
1: Right. Exactly. But it's also meant to like, sort of dispel some of the the bullshit that is sold to people. I mean, I, I can hear the arguments in advance. Like, well, I do really well doing this. I make right. a lot of money doing this and that's intentional. It's intentional yeah. that some people are very successful with it. Right. Right. Well, I'm sure you'll get to that, Heather, but it's like, we don't, we understand what's happening. We, we, un, we, we know, we know what is afoot here.
0: Yes. And we know it from being inside it. Correct. So those. This is not an argument. This is not an attack on anyone. This no. is a call out to a problem in our community and in our culture.
1: Yeah. It's just another leg of the patriarchy. Exactly.
0: All right. You ready to jump in? Yes. You've been <laughs> you have all been warned. You've been warned. Five spices. Get your copy ready. Okay. So let's talk about what this girl boss toxicity culture thing is let's explain that let's discuss how we see that like i think that's where we need to start yep i agree because when you hear the term girl boss it doesn't sound like a bad thing no and i
1: i feel like we say this all the time that there are phrases and terms that start one way Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, it's this term that you loved and you thought was cute or you it felt empowering to you. And then you turn around and you're like, Oh my God, that is the worst thing I've ever heard. I feel like <laughs> that, that was the trajectory of girl boss.
0: I, I couldn't agree more girl boss. I think started as a way to empower women. Wait. And we'll talk about where the term came from, who came up with it. We'll talk about that for sure. We'll get to that. But it started as a way to empower women and it Mm -hmm. has morphed into something that is doing the opposite of that now. And that's what we want to talk about and address. Like what happened? Why is it that way? And Mm -hmm. listen, this term came out years ago, right? So there's also, we're, we're in a time where our, our culture and everything is like shifting so quickly.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and so, that's social media. I mean, that's it spins everything.
0: Yes. So when girl boss first came on the scene in like around 2010, 2014 in that range is where we start seeing it, right? That time in our culture was drastically different from where we are now. Yes, it was. So I don't want this to sound like like some uninformed person who wasn't there when it started saying it was always bad. I don't think that, I think that it started empowering. I think that it, it started and created a shift that needed to happen. I just think that like so many things we see, it got, it became toxic. Right. Agreed. If you listen to our Rachel Hollis episode, then you <laughs> will, you will know that like, I feel like Rachel Hollis is the perfect example, and perfect parallel of what went wrong with girl boss.
1: Yes, she's like an archetype of a current girl boss that people just
0: make fun of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were hungry for women who were successful and who who were leaders and who were doing that on our, their own terms. We weren't seeing that. Right. What happened was that there were there was this this culture and this, this way of speaking, which we'll get to in a minute and this, this sort of like insinuation that it was just working so super hard that got you success. And when we peeked behind the curtain, like someone like Rachel Hollis and was like, oh, her husband's a Disney exec, like She has a lot of advantages handed to her that she's not talking about that. It started to go like, Oh, this person isn't actually educated in what they're talking about. They literally just got a platform and they just used it. And then they undid their own selves because they weren't actually qualified for what they were doing. Right. They were just trying to
1: keep up this facade that they had sold to everybody. And then it started to crumble around them. And unfortunately in Rachel Hollis's case, She just dug her heels in.
0: Yes. And you saw this girl boss to teach other people to be a girl boss thing. And it was like this weird never ending cycle that ended up feeling like its own pyramid scheme. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So that's what we're addressing here. Jamie and I would be really hypocritical if we were criticizing women who were leaders or who ran their own businesses. Correct. That's yeah. not what we're doing. We are yeah. fully in support of that. So if if you're hearing this and you're like, "Wait, I'm I'm a girl boss," like I run my own business, or I'm I'm an exec somewhere, or I like lead people, it's the term and the the shit that comes with it of what's implied and what's being taught to women and expected of women. It's that that we're after here, not women as leaders. Because if anything, we need more women as leaders.
1: Absolutely, and I think that. Back then, I didn't realize the term was as old as you said, but mm-hmm. back then, if you said girl boss, I think it was just a much broader term. The umbrella was so much bigger for that term. It could be, like you said, you could be an exec somewhere and consider yourself a girl boss. You could be, you know, doing any type of work. Even lots of moms, like just stay at home moms, felt that they were girl bosses the way they were managing and running their lives. Now it's like, if I say girl boss, I bet. You can visualize the archetype of this person that we're all talking about. It's much like more focused and it's, it's almost become this caricature of itself.
0: Yeah, I bet right now you think of someone in an MLM.
1: Yeah, and you can think about like the way they're talking to people. You can think about the way their hair might look, about the words they're using. I mean, it's very specific now. Yeah, it's probably a white woman
0: as well. Oh, it's definitely a white woman. All right. Well, let me tell you where the term comes from. Let's, let's, let's like start from that spot. So it comes from a book by Sophia Amoroso. It's called Girl Boss. And she is the founder of Nasty Gal. Oh, okay. There was also a TV show based on her life that was on for a little while. So she was, at the time I read, I read the book, um, Actually, I didn't, didn't finish. I didn't finish reading the book, to be honest.
1: <laughs> it happens to me with Rachel Hollis's
0: books. Well, right, the same. <laughs> so I don't even think I started Rachel Hollis's books, but I picked up the Girl Boss book by Sophia Amoroso. and she is so she does the like thrifting of um, clothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what Nasty Gal is right, and she would like put really cool things up, and then she really rode that trend of social media starting and like taking pictures in the the outfits and selling them. And then Mm -hmm. she, she started on like Etsy and then she had her own website and she blew up and became really, really famous. Um, and, or really like another thing that we love in this culture is like a rags to riches story. Oh, right. Yep. Very much encompasses that. And, so her book was called girl boss and I believe that that's where the term comes from. I couldn't, I could find a few references to it before that, but in this context the has hashtag girl boss thing really does come from this. Okay. And her book was all about how to become a girl boss yourself. Okay. And it was, I got, I think five or six chapters in and stopped because I was it felt like she was just trying to talk over my head and I wasn't feeling like I was getting like great tips from it. I felt like I was just listening to someone else telling their success stories, which is, is great, but there is a real difference for me from someone who goes, this is what I did. So you should do it. Right. And here's what worked for me. Here's what didn't work for me. Take these lessons and apply them in your own way. Those are drastically different. Yes. Yes. The girl boss movement did not do that. The girl boss movement was like, here's how I got successful. Repeat it. Exactly. That's the root of where I'm going to say, I don't know if this makes sense. Tell me what you think of this phrase. It seems (laughs) to me like that, that little element in there was the thing that allowed it to become toxic.
1: Well, because you put the patriarchy you put ego into it you put the like capitalistic you know equation in everyone does the same thing everyone does it the same way everyone gets the same results
0: that's what we're taught exactly so it the fact that that sort of like seed or ingredient was there it was the thing that rotted it from completely now there, the other element that, that is toxic about this is that it the whole thing, the whole girl boss movement, and I don't think this is just from Sophia's book. I think, I think this like laid the groundwork for it for sure. But I think it was like how it got taken and, and taken over. The whole premise became the harder you work, the yeah. better you'll do. And very shame-based motivation for women to work without any acknowledgement of the fact that women carry a much heavier burden in society of taking care of the home, taking care of the kids, if they're right, like none of that is being acknowledged, not to mention that they're not paid equally. There's, there's more expected of them, right? They're not given credit. Like, so it was just sort of like a lack of acknowledgement of any of that and just a shame-based, you should work harder mentality
1: it just feels like the girl version of hustle culture which is already gross in and of its own self then you add this sort of feminine spin onto it like you just said not taking into account any of the things that affect women generally in this society mm-hmm. and it becomes like much yuckier version of a hustle culture
0: exactly right hustle culture is exactly what girl boss hashtag girl boss was all about the toxicity of the girl boss is hustle culture, but it's, it's not just hustle. It's feel shame around the fact that you're not already doing better. Well, and like hustle in
1: this system that doesn't support you. So now you have to hustle, but you have to hustle twice as
0: hard. Yeah. So it's like double hustle, (laughs) double hustle for way less success. Right. Yeah. Right. There's also, okay, I, I wrote down a few quotes when I, I, I googled hashtag girl boss and like looked at like some of the main quotes. And I wanted to read you like a million of them. But I just decided on one because I feel like this sums up the problem completely. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for it, but hit me. Well, take a breath. <laughs> you have as many hours in the day as Beyonce. nope, nope,
1: nope. <laughs> uh, nope i already heard this one. No, <laughs> nope.
0: That in itself sums up to me the problem of girl boss culture and why it's toxic.
1: And it's, it's so sort of insidious because there's nothing blatantly shitty or mean about that. You know, and I can see why people would use that as a way to motivate themselves. Like, yeah, you're right. We all like, there's so much time in the day. Like I could get more work done. I could put another hour towards sending emails to prospective clients. Like I, I get why it's so captivating,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's really gross. Yeah. It, it's disgusting and not true. Right. And so why though? I mean, if, if you're right. listening, and you're thinking why, it's right. Because Beyonce makes a bajillion dollars. She has mm-hmm. a nanny, a cook, a chef, a personal assistant, an accountant, she has people during who are spending their 24 hours a day
0: taking care of her stuff. Yeah. And guess what? Beyonce doesn't work 24 hours a day. No she doesn't kidding. work eight hours a day. She works hard. I'm not I'm not saying that, but like the the more successful you are, the more people the you work. work to do stuff and the less you work. Beyonce is right. amazing. I love Beyonce All the to Beyonce, right? This isn't a Beyonce hating. No, but the thing is not only is that a completely inaccurate thing to motivate yourself towards, right? right. Beyonce's success is not because she currently works 12 hour days. Correct. Right. If you want to compare yourself to Beyonce, when she was out there Hustling and being on like Star Search and like doing all of that. If you would like to compare yourself to that version of Beyonce, I believe she was a child, so it's kind of gross. But you was like a child, then fine. <laughs> but not this one. That doesn't make any sense. And can you hear the shame based like messaging to that? Like you have the same amount of hours as Beyonce. So the rest of that implied sentences. So why the hell don't you have as much money as her or as much fame as her or as much success as her?
1: I was just going to say the
0: the underlying tone of that is shame and
1: that's a, a terrible motivator.
0: It's an awful motivator because shame-based motivation does not work. And if you want evidence of that, go watch that show Biggest Loser. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we've talked then about that. Google how the people did after the show was over.
1: Exactly. Right. I mean it might it's going to work maybe in the short term yeah but you're not going to get long-term results from shame-based motivation
0: no 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 and you're going to create a life where you feel bad all the time and then your only value and your only feelings of worth come from a result that is nearly impossible to get exactly not the best (laughs) no not the best but that really
1: encapsulates girl boss culture is that shame-ridden energy.
0: Exactly. So it's all about shame and it's all about promoting overworking. And remember that term, I created toxic productivity. Yes, Yes, absolutely that. And it definitely uses toxic positivity to get you there. (laughs) It does, it does. great results I think we should add. Like, I think that that's really the key
1: is that like, You know, you use toxic positivity to create toxic productivity, but not a lot of people are actually seeing great results. Yeah. I mean, that's the cringy part that no one wants to actually hear or say.
0: Yeah. And and if I can just add on to that cringe, the people who do become successful girl bosses, okay, Mm -hmm. immediately, as soon as they get to the level of success, stop working that hard right so but claim they still are and that's where i like do you know what i mean it's it's such a trick and it's such a patriarchal trick
1: well because they can't admit that they had they they got to put the hustle down because then how are they going to sell it to you
0: right and then the i remember in girl boss culture because i was in it I bet mm-hmm. at one point I used the hashtag somewhere. If someone wants to try to find it. I definitely did. I'm, yeah. I would put money on it. Yeah, probably. Right. That because it sounds like, yeah, go. Yeah. women, <laughs> right? right. But think about what that felt like. So like you're hustling and and I would be paying people and doing programs that were like, this is how you get to the top of success in this it's in, in being a girl boss in whatever business you're doing. Right right and the, the whole thing would be like, I worked a thousand hours a day and still took care of my kids and didn't miss a moment. I just, you know, I just didn't sleep or eat or take care of myself at all. And, you know, my right. husband left me, but whatever. Um, you know, like, but I got there right. And now, now that I'm there, I can take vacations. I only work till 3 p.m. Like then it became almost like the weaponizing of kill yourself and then you can have a break. And none of the breaks actually sounded that exciting to me.
1: Well, no. And then you're, you're telling people in that messaging to stop listening to themselves It's like, if I just push a little harder, if I just can get to this next level of this, if I can get to this amount of clients or accounts created, I'll get to where that person is, where that girl boss is. And so it becomes this way that women use to force themselves to stay in the grind when their body is telling them to do the opposite.
0: Exactly right. You are taking out intuition absolutely you're jumping right into ego in a place where this became caught on like wildfire the girl boss thing was in women healers who wanted to be coach coaches or wanted to um like do what i did like i was the title was spiritual strategist but basically i would use my intuition to help somebody um get through a difficult thing in their life like come up with tactics to deal with it right mm-hmm. All of that, it just, it took on like wildfire because it was like so many people leave like toxic corporate culture or whatever their job was before that they didn't like. And, and they come to this land of like, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to do this on my own and, you know, smash the patriarchy and like, let's go. I'm going to do this with my own rules. And then only to adopt this really toxic set of rules. That was probably the reason you left the other place in the first place.
1: Right. Because that's all people know is like this one structure of capitalism. And so you think you're leaving, but you're actually just doing a different thing with the same tools, with the same mentality and mindset. It's like when we said in our other episodes, like that you have the fate, you have the mask of intuition. But behind that is you're really just operating on ego because or on capitalism, because that's all that, you know. And then, and then that's all you're
0: being told and sold and taught. Exactly right. Exactly right. You were already trained and conditioned in a system that was shame based for you. Right. Like, right. So to leave that and to find this independence and this freedom, and I am the loudest supporter of people being entrepreneurs that there possibly could be, like, go for it. Right. right. But it's really difficult to be an entrepreneur. It's really. Yes lonely and it, it's, there's a, all the responsibility on you and it's hard to figure out what to do and the moves because we don't live in a culture that actually wants people to succeed who are no. entrepreneurs, right? It's set up for big time, really wealthy corporations It's set up for the patriarchy, right? Right. So it's very difficult. Should you do it? Yes. But it's really, really hard and you get into that place. And so if someone comes along and is like, here's how to get there, and the reason you're not there is because, like, you just remember the saying, just get out of your own way. Just get out of your own way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. Like, okay, Karen, how? Right. right. Like, and I don't think I'm actually in my own way. I think I'm actually my biggest asset. So, how about you tell me how to nourish that so that right. me, the biggest asset that I have as a business owner, can go and do my job really well. How about you tell me how to reach people, how to get to more people, not just like this weird 30 step work yourself to death program. Exactly. All right. I have a quote I found that I loved so much and all I could think about was how much you loved it. And it was beyond difficult for me not to send it to you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's hear it. Okay. So first I want to give credit to the person who wrote this and they wrote a really great article about girl boss culture. So her name is Vicki Spratt. And if you go to refinery29.com, you can mm-hmm. find this article and the whole thing is worth the read. Okay. This is the quote I took from it though. Are you ready to react to it? Cause I can't wait. I suppose so. Okay. Girl boss is a sexist Trojan horse. It appears to raise women up, to carve out space for us in a working world, still too crowded with men. But in reality, it denies us agency, it diminishes us, and it denigrates our authority. Yes. Love. soul, Right? I'm M-M. yeah. Yes. Yes. Sexist Trojan horse is Perfect. my favorite saying I've ever heard. Same. Exactly. It's, and it's, it's hard.
1: It's hard because, and there's also a moment- and maybe you'll get there. <laughs> maybe we'll get to this point. But like there's a moment when you've been doing this like hustling, girl bossing, MLMing, whatever you're doing. And you have that moment where you're like, wait a minute, this is a Trojan horse. Like this, this isn't it. Right. Yeah. But it's so hard to then go back and retract and or end it or step away or whatever that looks like for you. But like you've committed, girl boss culture teaches you to commit financially, emotionally, like on social media, show your face, tell people, sell it, right? And so then to be like, "Mm, um, I think I made a mistake. It's hard to, to then step away. I think sometimes your ego will just talk you into just sticking with it a little longer
0: so that you don't have to like really look at what's happening. Exactly. You are too invested, which yes. is cult psychology. That's on purpose what they do to you so that you cannot leave. Exactly. See our cults episodes. We have two of them. <laughs> we we have two episodes. And one of those talks about how
1: MLMs yeah. are a part of, they are a subcategory
0: of cult. They are a type of cult. Exactly right. So I would like everyone to have a moment to digest that amazing, amazing quote of the sexist Trojan horse. So good. I want to take, I want to take a quick break and then I want to come back and talk about who the girl boss mentality preys on and the tie in to MLMs and what has happened with them and girl boss culture. I want to talk about all of that with you. I want to talk about it in a way where, it, it's really real talk and really I'm not, I feel like in the, in the cult episode, I was maybe putting some, some soft blankets around some really hard things. And I, I want to say all of this without the soft blankets. Well, this is season four, Heather. You know what I mean? Here we are. ice level five. Exactly. So, and again, it's not to bring shame to anyone doing it. Um, I was in an MLM and I'll tell you what happened with that. I'll tell that story. So it isn't about that, but it's about, putting a spotlight on something that is hurting people. Yep. Agreed. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line
1: all right heather it's season four we're here for another season and we still have our favorite sponsor
0: restoration coffee what coffee are you drinking these days jay it goes back and forth between a rachel and a page I'm still drinking my Americanos. So if you want a fantastic cup of coffee to go with listening to the IgG or any other podcast that you might listen to, check out Restoration Coffee. You can go to their website. It's restoration-coffee.com. Check it out and tell them that the Intuitive Girl sent you. Yeah, can't go wrong.
1: Hey y'all, it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki, so I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. All right, Heather, this week we are obsessed, and it is a TikTok thing, as always. Of course. Of course. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about how humans, especially Americans, are trained from very early ages for, I guess, toxic productivity, like you
0: always talk about. Yes. I think if I was to use one of my terms, I would say conditioned to accept. Yes. Yes.
1: And so we were heather and i were talking about how in elementary school in middle school they're always giving out awards for perfect attendance Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) like me
1: i am a i am a rule follower and i love to i used to love to people please (laughs) so i loved an attendance award because how how many attendance awards did you get (laughs) i don't know i don't have like a collection of them but i remember like i remember actually feeling moments of shame when they'd be giving those out and I didn't get one. And I remember thinking, like, damn it, like, why did you stay home that one day? Because oh, right. like, Amy, you had strep throat and it's contagious. That's why you stay home. It's disgusting. <laughs> but it it really as a as a little kid, it read to me like, look at me. I'm showing up. I'm such a good girl. Like, look at look at how I can do a good job here. Not realizing that I was being like
0: indoctrinated to capitalism exactly right exactly right and then as you get older you keep seeing all these like little things that you didn't clock as this and all of a sudden you're like oh that's another toxic thing and i think it's especially bad if you're like brought up in like middle class as as a white American right like you're especially blind to it it's not an excuse but like there are so many times where you and I have a discussion where we're like oh I didn't even think about that or look at that
1: you know look at how this is and you can hear your conditioning too because like I could you know when you're first sort of rewriting those things you can argue with yourself a little bit like well it is to it is good to show up it is good to you know Take responsibility for your work or put effort into showing up for school. Your teachers show up to school, your friends show up to school. And so you can hear like that you're trying to rationalize it to yourself, but you're completely negating the fact that people need breaks, that people get sick, that there are emergencies yeah. in, in families that you, you know, you might miss school for. Like it's really sort of untenable.
0: Right. Exactly true you know, you can be a really hard worker who brings excellent results to the people that you work for like, and take care of yourself and take a break when you need it. Exactly. And, it's, and it's, it's, it's sort of this polarity that in order to be someone who's a hard worker, that you don't take any breaks and you don't take care of yourself. Like it's either, cause that's where my conditioning goes. Like oh, right. You should take care of yourself. But then I think of like three or four people who take advantage and don't work really hard. And I think, well, I don't want to be like them.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And so it's, it's important to go like, wait, those aren't the only two options. (laughs) Like, Exactly. You can be a really hard worker. You can be someone who shows up. You can even be someone who occasionally knuckles through, right? But it's not actually serving anyone. If you're constantly like not giving yourself a break or hurting yourself or feeling like you have to work when you're sick or whatever. And in addition to that, the system's rigged because you know the the lower income you are, the harder it is for you to take that break.
1: Exactly. And so the more you have to grind yourself into the ground Uh to stay in your job, to keep to keep a job, you know? And and then it leads to things like you have to produce a a sick note from a doctor, if you do take a day off, what if you don't have insurance? You know, yeah. I mean, so it's like the whole system is set up
0: to keep disenfranchised people disenfranchised exactly right. and and fine if you're gonna demand a doctor's note, but let us have universal health care then well, exactly, right. Like that's fine. You want to have those rules. Set up a
1: system that allows that. We don't live in a system that allows that. so it's inherently
0: unfair. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So it just kind of plays into toxicity again in, in right. mindsets and what we're taught. It's very patriarchal. Incredibly. And it really only benefits the people at the very top. Well, that's what I was going to end it with is saying like,
1: that's what I do now. And I want to check myself on that. Is I think, who does this benefit? Right. <laughs> who does, who does me knuckling through this benefit? If the answer is capitalism, it's a a hard pass. If the answer is my children, I will do it.
0: Exactly. Yes. Right. We're not saying, we're not being so blind to it that we're like never knuckle through, you know, like that's not real life. And depending on sort of like what class you find yourself in, that's harder or easier, right? It's really easy if you're really financially secure to take a break.
1: Exactly.
0: So there's all, all of that is accounted for. Again, it's a call out of this ridiculous system we're in and a pointing out to conditioning that we're all trying to undo. Exactly. Okay. Jay, before we jump into getting really spicy about MLMs, I want to point one more thing out about what girl boss culture expects of women. Yes. They want you to be someone who works super hard, lots of hours at your job, but also misses no time for your family and does all the self-care. Be strong, but not mad or angry. (laughs) Yep. Be put together all the time. Perfect Mm -hmm. hair, makeup, all of that. But don't try too hard. Exactly. And be crazy busy and, and glamorize that, but don't ever be stressed. No, never frazzled. That's my girl boss Bible for you. That's what the girl bosses and the influencers want you to do.
1: The girl boss manifesto. (laughs) Yes,
0: exactly. And I'm saying it because I want to point out how ridiculous of an expectation that is to hand any woman. If you could pull
1: off two of those in a day, I would give you the biggest high five. Never mind all of them. And it's just one day. And I don't mean like your whole life.
0: I mean, if you could pull off two of those in a day, you'd be well on your way. You'd be like, wow, what did you have for breakfast? I would like to have that too. Right. But here's the thing. The reason that this is so toxic is because it isn't promoting balance. It isn't promoting feeling good in your life. It isn't promoting a high quality of life. It's promoting this weird sexist Trojan horse where you have to be everything and hit this like very small spot, right? Where like you're, you're super busy, but you're not stressed and you're perfectly put together, but you're not trying to like, it's an impossible thing. You're set up to fail so that you constantly buy into another program to do better.
1: Exactly. That's an excellent point right there. But it's all, to me, it reads as like this sort of like feminized perfection. It's like what we think is this like hyper feminization of perfection that's absolutely unattainable, but like creates so much pressure on someone.
0: Exactly. The other element to this that I would like to highlight is that the a lot of the messaging without directly saying this is saying that struggling financially is a personal failure on your part yes absolutely i can't think of much more toxic than that in untrue they don't don't say
1: that out loud but that it's it's there it's it's in there it's coded into
0: the wording i just said the quiet part out loud for everybody you did right exactly if you're wondering, is this, this culture or is this not, here's what I want you to look for. Are they using a shame based approach? Mm-hmm. Are they trying to insinuate that you should feel shame for something? Right? right. And are they saying that your finance, financial instability or not being where you want to be is a personal failure on your part. If they are saying those things, you are in toxic girl boss culture Run away.
1: And also, like we just said, they're not going to say those words. So this is where you use your intuition. This is where you tap in and you, if you know, you're starting to feel a little resistant, you're like, you're starting to question things. This is where you just sit for a second and think, how does this make me feel? Because no one's going to say you should be ashamed of yourself. But right. so if you sit and use your intuition and you tap in and you're like, this makes me feel ashamed. This makes me feel really shitty about myself. Mm-hmm. Then you're onto something
0: perfectly said use your intuition to clock it you you know people who are really good at this are really good at disguising this yes so if if you're if you're starting to feel shame if you're starting to feel like the reason you're not doing better already is because you're a failure or something that you haven't done well enough I just can't hit the next level I, I just can't do it I just can't get it together Right. I mean, you see it in the, the spiritual world where people are like, well, if, if only I could remove this block or this negative thinking pattern, then I would have it. <laughs> right? right. Which is right. like endless because no one's ever going to remove all of those. And it's, and does, does shifting that stuff make it easier to get stuff? Yes. But it isn't because you failed at, you know, removing a block. That's crazy. Right. Exactly. Right. So it, you see it everywhere and it's, it's permeated so many things. The place I feel that it's permeated the most and not letting go, because I kind of see it dying off in a lot of places, right? Yeah. The place I see it holding on tight is MLMs. Yep, I agree. MLMs are filled with girl bosses and they are using this girl boss messaging to try to get success. Exactly. MLMs target stay-at-home moms and military spouses. Yes. This is proven. Use the Google if you disagree, but these are two parts of society, two groups of society who, who need a community and don't have yes. one. Correct. Girl boss culture perfectly fits taking advantage of an ex- and exploiting these people. Yes. It's like a perfect marriage. Yes. I mean, it's the worst marriage ever, but it's like matches up perfectly. Right. You can see how one
1: would be easily susceptible to something like that.
0: Yes. So MLMs promote the idea that you can take a product that's already created for you, right? That's a Mm -hmm. a great product that people want. And on your own time with your own hours – you can sell that product and make money, right? And then you're shown this group of people, it's probably three people mm-hmm. who have done so and are so rich. it's not even funny,
1: yeah. and I think one of the way the reasons why this has grown as much as it has is because of social media. If there wasn't social media, MLMs wouldn't thrive the way they thrive now, but there's such an aesthetic, and there's such all you see if you you know if you're in an MLM, you then follow the people in your upline, you look at their lives, so you're literally just inundated with imaging and and messaging about like how glamorous these people are and how successful they are.
0: Yes, exactly. It's literally right. in your face. It's literally in your face. Yes. And the trick to this, there's a lot of tricks. The, the one trick right here okay, is that they're showing you people, a very small amount of people, right? Mm-hmm. And they're people who were the first in the market that they were going for, okay? Right. And they're telling you that you and your already saturated market can have that exactly. success, right? Exactly, right. What they're really masterful at doing is hiding all the people in between that person and you who are not doing well financially. No. And who are hustling their asses off. Yes. Okay. So basically they're telling you that you're going to sell this product and that's how you make money, but that's not true. Mm -hmm. You're an unsalaried sales staff, but you're not actually selling the product. You are recruiting other people in to sell the product. Exactly. That's where the trick is. You are not actually going to make any money selling the product. You are going to make money recruiting. So you're you're being presented this idea that you can be a salesperson, that you can do a party and sell or a class and sell a product and it's going to help people in their lives and that that's going to make you rich. Right? But that is not true. You are actually going to have to recruit people to make money. So, you're a recruiter, you're not a brand ambassador, and you're not a salesperson, and you have been tricked, and it sucks.
1: Right, exactly. And I think if you look at it from that perspective, you'll realize that it's A, not what you signed up for, mm-hmm. and B, probably not a job that you ever envisioned yourself wanting or liking. I mean, some people are great salespeople and they're great at it. Mm -hmm. The majority of us, especially like women who are at home with their kids Mm
0: -hmm. or who
1: are away from their spouses in the military. I don't think that they envision themselves as being like salespeople and, and, and recruiting people to come up under them. It's, it's not what people
0: sign up for. Exactly. It's a trick. And, to scam, it is and to soften that and to sort of hide that they show you this community you can be part of this team right Mm -hmm. so now you're taking people who are needing of a community and who are needing of connection to other women and you're preying upon them and promising them something that you're not giving them correct there's a bunch of studies that you can you can look up of they took a bunch of different MLMs and they averaged out the percentage of people who make money in the companies. Yep. And on average what they found was that 97% of people in an MLM make a loss. God. 97%. It's shocking, Heather. Lose money. Now, I have been in an MLM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know people in an MLM. Yeah. I thought about them when I, we were making this episode. I was like, I hope they don't feel insulted by this. But, but
1: you also want them to be okay.
0: Because I know how hard they work. I know how many exactly. hours they work. I know what they put in. Exactly. And I know what they're getting out. Correct. And that haunts me, to be honest. Agreed. Agreed. You're in MLMs, you can look and you can see they're using cult psychology, which is everyone outside is going to attack us and they're wrong and we're right. Yeah. Like to the death though. Yeah. Surround yourself just by people doing this because everyone else is just a hater. Right. It's like just turning you against everybody. Exactly. So these things are a pyramid scheme and- Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you about my experience in a minute, but what I want to say is one of the biggest things that they tell you to dispel that it's a pyramid scheme is they say everything's a pyramid scheme. Corporations are a pyramid scheme. The problem is though, like let, picture a pyramid and I, maybe I'll send you this graphic, Jay, and you can post it on the, on the socials um, when we air this episode. I'm sure it will cause quite a reaction, but <laughs> picture a pyramid. Okay. And what yes. they say is like at the bottom is the hardworking employees, then right above them is team leaders and supervisors, right above them is middle management, then above them is vice presidents, then above them is presidents, and right at the top of that pyramid is the CEO. Yes. Right. So that's a that's a pyramid too. That's also a pyramid scheme. Okay, that's that's mm-hmm. the most famous argument you hear. Mm-hmm. The problem though is that the CEO isn't getting getting Paid through a direct percentage of what the president sells.
1: Exactly. They have a salary. It's probably unfair. It's probably wildly disproportionate to what other people are making, which Uh is a problem in and of itself. We can admit that, but it's not contingent upon the downline.
0: Yeah. Okay. I want to tell a little bit of my story. I've never told this to anyone other than just like friends. So to say it on the podcast is a little interesting. So if you could all just hold space for my throat chakra.
1: (laughs) All right. Sending Reiki right
0: now. Okay. I was in a MLM. It was like a, I had my own business and then this was like a side hustle because I really liked the products that I was in. And if you're wondering what it was, I'm sure you could easily figure that out if you looked back into social media a little ways I'm sure you could find it definitely it's not a mystery I just don't feel the need to like shout out a particular company at this moment okay right okay so I was in it and um I sort of like focused a little on it but not that much it was just like um I like these products so you know if someone wants them here you go and occasionally would hold like a class of using the products because I still like the products and they're Mm really in line with who I am as a person, which is kind of like a hippy dippy human. Right. You Mm -hmm. can probably figure it out. Like everyone's like, Oh, I know what she did. (laughs) Okay. It wasn't leggings.
1: We'll say that. It's not leggings.
0: No. Um, So although I do feel like who I am as a person is someone who wears leggings, but it is not that. (laughs) (laughs) So in doing that, something occurred in my life where my husband lost his job Mm. and I became the um, breadwinner for a little while until he found the next thing, which the next thing was starting a coffee shop that we did and restoration coffee. It's our sponsor. It it, it was all good. It all led to wonderful things. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But in that meantime, I had to figure out how to, make all the money like kind of had to triple my income to support us through that right exactly no pressure no pressure didn't use any girl boss techniques to get there let me just say i had already abandoned that ship but thought all right well i I, there's this mlm here there's products i like maybe i could put a little more attention onto this Mm -hmm. and i could make more money here right because the promise of this is that, like, if you get a good team under you who works and makes money, you don't really have to do much work at all. Right. And so I thought, okay, that would be good if I could just put a little attention on that, build that up, and then focus on my other job to get us through where we need to get. Right. Maybe I'll even make it so my husband can run that element, right? Because there's a big yeah. thing where you, like, retire your husband is, like, something you're supposed oh, to run yes. for, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So that was my mindset. So what I did was what I always do research.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Here, here it
0: begins. (laughs) Yes. So I thought in order to build up my downline, that's a term in MLM culture. Okay. So the people who had signed up and, and got like the thing to start like underneath me through me, If I build them up, then they can go and do this. So how would I do that? Well, I need to know exactly how this all works. And what I'll do is I'll find out exactly how it all works, how to get yourself to making money doing it. Here's how to do it. Here's how everything works. And that will get us there because there's this thing on purpose in MLMs where it's very confusing how anyone gets anywhere. There's a million ranks you have to do all these weird things to hit them and there's percentages and it's it's very confusing and i thought i'll make sense of it right this is where the downfall for me came in because i did make sense of it i studied it i learned it and i'm smart enough to figure it out and i went and created a thing like okay this is how it works and i found out that there was no way i could make any money at it never mind the people underneath me yikes that the system was set up For me to constantly chase something, supplement my own sales to get different ranks, to make more money and to be trapped in a cycle to continue to do that. And I was in a market that was too saturated for me to have any success. And the reason that people were able to make the numbers that they did to get so successful is because they entered a market before there was anyone in it. And I was in a market surrounded by people who are my quote unquote team.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly when I took a step back and reached out to a few people who I felt like were friends about it, it was not received well.
1: Uh, I bet not. <laughs> and but I think shattering it for everyone else. Like that's, it's like, it wasn't like they were mad at you and they didn't like you for saying it. It's like, you're making people look at something that they want to ignore.
0: Yeah. And I, <clears throat> Something that is like a big trigger for me is being shamed for being smart. Yeah, And I'm smart enough to figure it out. Like I literally took all of the elements of everything. I watched hours and hours of YouTube videos. I learned exactly how every piece of everything works, how to get to there, how to make that, how to, how to go there. I literally figured it all out. Right, And when I went to sort of present what I had found, it, there was this feeling i could tell and i was made to feel bad like that i would knew that and that somebody who was like higher up than me didn't right, right. you know what I mean? right. and i wasn't yep. going in like you dummy you should know this i wasn't right i was going in like oh my gosh look at what i i found am i wrong can you can you tell me i would have loved for them to have said oh you missed this right but that's what
1: the companies are betting on is that no one or hardly anyone is going to do the work and take the time to actually research and figure what figure out what you found out.
0: Yeah. So once that happened and I realized that it was all a trick. And it was all overly complicated to hide the trick. And that the focus on recruiting was to bring so many people in because so many people quit. <laughs> once I figured right. that out, once I did the math and saw there was no way to do it it sort of opened my eyes to see that it was basically people being exploited, but like paraded as empowerment.
1: Exactly. And like, given the idea that they were going to be brought into a community that then ended up not being very supportive.
0: I mean, is there any better example of a cult than that? Right. Exactly this is all cult psychology that's being used. Like, you don't really know all these behind the scenes things. You don't really know where the money's going. Don't need to worry about that. Don't, you know, just work super hard. Do this stuff. Don't ask too many questions. I was going to say, and then you're punished for
1: asking questions. You're punished for, you know, expecting people to be responsible for answering you and for anything like that. And that, that is the definition of a cult.
0: Yeah. So that's what happened with me. Um, I don't feel like I want to go out and like shout it out and like cancel every cult. I don't, or every, <laughs> that was an interesting slip, every MLM. <laughs> like no. I, I don't, but I do want people to try to figure out the math. And if, okay. if you're trying to figure out the math and you can't, cause it's too confusing and it's taking you hours and you're, like, I, I, I'm really good at researching and finding stuff out and putting two and two together. And I even asked other people, I I've asked an accountant, I asked a few different people. Um, I asked a tax person, I, all these kinds of things. And all of them were like, no, this is set up to not get you there. And all of them agreed, right. And it, I even had a person who is in accounting that I, I talked to told me that all of the clients they have that do MLMs report losses on their taxes.
1: Yikes. It's also that those companies are spending tons of money, like politically to fight laws. Yeah. There are laws out there that are, people are trying to create laws to protect people from being taken advantage of by MLMs. And these companies are funneling millions of dollars in through lobbyists to block these laws that protect people. Exactly
0: right. Exactly right. So this is just the people at the top are part of the patriarchy and they're tricky. And I I want people to know that. I do want to recommend that everyone watch the documentary Lulu Rich. Yes. So good. Such a good example now this i want you to know that lulu Lularu, which is the company that they look at in this documentary mm-hmm. right is a over dramatized version they they were putting they were saying the quiet stuff out loud let's say that like yeah, right when you watch it i think it would be easy to go well the this mlm doesn't do any of that exactly but watch it because that dramatized version of what's happening is happening in smaller versions in all these other companies. And you're going to relate if you've ever been in one to the messaging.
1: Agreed. Definitely.
0: I want to give you 10 ugly truths about MLMs to, to end on because I, I love them, but I just want to, to say one more time that if you're being recruited into an MLM. You are being recruited to be a recruiter, not to sell a product. The only way that you're going to make money is by recruiting other people, and you're not going to be able to make much money doing that unless you're the first to your market. Right. And I also think that we should say that
1: if you consider yourself an intuitive person, which I think in the MLM that you and I were involved in, you have a lot more intuitive people. Mhm you're involved in something that, sh- you know, shuns intuition or doesn't really want you to focus on it or is being led by a ton of evangelical Christians. <laughs> um, Your intuition is probably flagging you at a lot of points. And I know it's hard to look at those red flags, mm-hmm. um, but I think that they start to build and build. And as an intuitive person, um, it's probably, you're probably better served to yeah. start trying to look at them.
0: Yeah. And, and there are plenty of people who have been where you are. I'm one of them, you know, where like, if you're having that moment or, or whatever, like there are plenty of people who can relate to you and can kind of like help you walk away a bit because it's really hard to do because, you know a lot of these people have become your friends, and you feel connected right. to them. and it's just a really difficult thing to leave. That's the cult psychology element of it. And I can tell you from experience, the people who were your friends are no longer your friends when you stop. right. And I think you you
1: probably sense that that's going to happen as an intuitive person, and so that makes it even harder to leave, which is part of the system. it's that's yeah. intentional.
0: It's intentional
1: that you feel that you're going to be shunned if you walk away. I mean, but think about it. Like, think about, like, listen to what I just said, that you're a part of something and you know, if you take a break or you walk away, you're going to be shunned on some level.
0: Mm -hmm. Is that healthy? Are we talking about Scientology or are we talking about your MLM? Or maybe are they the same thing? Right. So like, that's where the problem is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're you. They're they're using these tactics, and they're making you feel cared about and brought into a community. But it is a trick, and it is only if you continue to work super hard and make people money, and that is really gross.
1: And so, and this shit is hard to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us to say, Right. but at the end of the day, you have to hear it. Like that's why we're doing this. Is it right? This stuff that might be pissing you off right now or making you feel sad or ashamed or whatever. We're saying it so that you hear it and so that you're aware. And so you
0: can then make your own decisions about it. It's that important. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. The, the element here that I I just want to harp on. I don't know why you can maybe explain to me why I'm harping on it is also that, When I left the MLM, I left quietly. I never, other than my initial, I never said anything. I never was like, Hey, I'm, I'm out of here and I'm burning this place down. I, I never, I'm still not, I'm still not even saying the name. Right. Right. I just slowly walked away and no one, not a single person in that community reached out to see if I needed help or what was going on. Zero, zero people did. So that tells you everything you need to know right there and that's painful yeah
1: it's gross yeah it's it's painful to commit yourself and to try to be part of a community and to have no one yeah checking in and seeing are you okay is something wrong heather like you didn't say like f you all you know no one knew they just literally let you slide away
0: yeah and I would also like to say that if you're one of those people listening and you're kind of questioning things now and wondering if you should get out, I will 100% pick up the phone when you call me and help you. Like I, I'm not holding any grudge to it, nothing, but like, it's, it's that I think it's easy to say like, Oh, well we stopped talking to her because she was, you know, hurting us. Like I literally was saying nothing. So keep that in mind that the, these quote unquote friendships you have are very conditional. Agreed. Agreed. Let's get into some of these ugly truths. Some of them I've already said, but I, I want to repeat them. <laughs> okay. okay. The first is my, the one I keep harping on that you're actually a recruiter, not a salesperson or a brand ambassador. You are being hired to recruit other people into the company. That's right. it. There's even no In most MLMs, I'm sure someone's going to come up with, well, in my MLM, this happened. Okay. In most MLMs, the way that they're operating is they're not educating you and putting a ton of time and effort into helping you understand the product or how to sell them or any, like any of that. They're teaching you how to get people to sign up. Yes. So when you start going and asking for more information about this or whatever, that there's no resources there. And that is also on purpose. Exactly. Okay. Number two, as the model makes it nearly impossible to make money, this is the setup. Okay. And this is the thing that I think a lot of people in it are going to have trouble hearing because they're going to be like, well, what about this person or this person who's at this magical rank who I know makes this much money? Think about what they have to do to continuously make that much money. Right. And think about how that's dangled in front of your
1: face like a carrot.
0: Yeah. And- probably if you look behind the curtain, they're not doing as well as you think. Like you don't know right. what they are spending to get to that. You don't know how much time and effort they're putting in to get to that. Like you're, you're missing some information. Right. Okay. Number three, <laughs> it has worse odds. Making money here has worse odds than playing roulette.
1: Wow. Really?
0: 99% of participants studied a, a bunch of, a, across a bunch of different MLMs made less than $10 a week. Oh my God. 99% is what I just said, Jamie, $10. If that was told to you in the beginning, most people here make less than $10 a week. Would you have done it? No, there's other ways to make money that aren't like this guys. Right. Number four is a lot of these companies offer, And and listeners here, like think of the fact that I'm putting air quotes around this word, free prizes, like a free car or a free vacation.
1: If you meet
0: a super high sales quota. Yes. This is not free. This is you making a huge amount of commission money. And instead of being paid for it and like brought up to a salary consistent of that for like the for another year or whatever you're right. given like a car.
1: Exactly. No. It's not not the same. No.
0: Number 5 is that they constantly recruit to replace the massive amount of people who quit. Yes. So every single month there's so many people quitting that they're constantly recruiting. That is on purpose. Exactly. You are presented an opportunity that makes you feel like a business owner. Yes. You're a business owner. You own your own business. You're doing this MLM. You're not a business owner. You are an unpaid sales representative, actually.
1: I know. I know, but no one wants
0: to hear that part. I know. It's the quiet part out loud again. Yeah. Okay. Number seven is that it's an unregulated and on-purpose complex structure. Yes,
1: intentionally.
0: I have never found an MLM that didn't have really complex, hard to understand, complicated craziness around rank levels. Yes. Yep. That is on purpose. Yep. 100% on purpose because if it was obvious, you would realize that there's no way to make money. Like you wouldn't have dived in like I did, right? Where I was like, "Let me look." You like you wouldn't do that because it looks too complicated and you're just going to trust the people, right? But when you right. do that and you actually sit and figure out all this complicated stuff, you realize that, oh, this is really complicated so that I don't see how much I'm being set up to fail.
1: Right. It's just intentionally convoluted.
0: Yes. A big Number eight is that a big part of the MLM business model is to exploit the relationships you have in your life to make sales. Oh, this is why I stopped. <laughs> how, how many... How many times did you get a message that was like someone you didn't even know, or maybe someone you did know was like back in Facebook days, right. Where I I know people are still on Facebook, but I'm not. So, So (laughs) right. Like, and it was like, I have to tell you about this amazing opportunity. (laughs) Oh, it's,
1: it's like, I'm afraid to like, or comment on someone's post because I'm afraid that if like that, like is a go ahead for them to solicit something from me. Like, I feel like everything's a trick. Is this a, is this a sales pitch? Like, am I missing something? Oh God, don't comment.
0: Yeah. It's not, it's not like, it's sort of presented as like, let me just tell you about this product I I love almost in the same tone as like, oh my God, look at, I just got this pair of shoes and they were like crazy good deal. Right. Or whatever it like, that's not, that's what it's, it's being kind of like, like advertised or like hidden as, but what you're really doing is being like, I need you to help me right now by buying this product so that I make money. It's It's hundreds of dollars. And it's also a model that really promotes like cold calling, whether that's through social media or actually on the phone. And then you have to convince yourself to do something that for most, most empathic, intuitive people feels disgusting. I couldn't, I could literally
1: not ever get beyond that hurdle. That's why I never. Same. I, I could never even take the first step because
0: yeah. it was so brutal. Yeah. I would never do that either. I hear you on that. Okay. Number nine is that like we talked about before and we'll post that graphic. Um, it is a pyramid scheme and they have a lot of ways to tell you it's not a pyramid scheme. As somebody who who really looked to see the difference, I will tell you it is. Different MLMs are more obvious in the fact that they're a blatant pyramid scheme and some are better right. at hiding it, but it all is. And the reason that they're getting away with it is because it's completely unregulated. Because, like you said before, the owners of these things are super wealthy and the patriarchy, and they're they're making sure that nothing passes to regulate them and to stop exactly. them. So absolutely. And then number 10 is that all of the tactics they're using are cult psychology tactics. So right. look up what you're being given to like, as, as people are trying to bring you in and see like, is this cult psychology or is this not cult psychology? Because you're going to yeah. notice it is.
1: You can Google image search like cult tactics. So it's yeah. literally just like listed in front of your face on your phone as you're looking at it. And I bet if you go through those, you'll, every single one of them you'll be like oh that w- that happened when i tra- when i spoke to that person oh i that's what they said in that email i got mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know exactly. everywhere
0: yeah and then i would just like to end to say a lot of the people like recruiting you or sending you those messages or like trying to get you to do whatever holding a class or a party are not the ones doing the bad thing they're also being tricked they're like believing in something so i don't think anyone should go out like i see a lot of tiktoks and things on social media and memes like really coming down hard on those people and Mm -hmm. where i don't think that they're like fully in the clear like you kind of should look more into stuff right but like they're not the bad guys here
1: no i think that they're for the most part well intended and i think that they've got Gotten caught up in the hustle
0: uh-huh. and the
1: girl bossing, right? Like they've gotten caught up in the energy of that and the cell the of that. Yeah. And so they're just trying to hustle as hard as they can to be successful, but they don't realize that it's nearly impossible. Exactly right.
0: So whether it's inside or outside of an MLM, I just want everyone to have this new sort of gauge and, and like informed viewpoint of what the toxic stuff is so that you can avoid it or get yourself away from it. Um, Hopefully it's avoided altogether, um, but probably not. There's probably some element of your life that you've been sucked into where this is a problem. So now if you see it, you can start to sort of untie that. And I want to reinforce again that this isn't to make anyone feel shame about it. This is to help you get away from it so that you can be happier and more successful. Yeah. And, and be
1: safer. I mean, it's mm. predatory,
0: right? So it's I'll not just that. like,
1: it's not just happiness. It's also like, this isn't safe. You're being taken advantage of. And so we need to say something about that because it's yeah. gotten to the point where I think Heather and I just feel like, like we're, we're not doing the right thing by not speaking up. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like we've been silent for too long about it. And so it feels like we're not being responsible. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So also I'm not looking for people to like come after us because of like, I'm not against people in MLMs. Like this is not fight club. Like don't bother. I don't want to hear it. Like, I know you're going to fine, whatever. But I'm just saying like, this isn't us starting a fight with you. This is us trying to help you. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight with you about it. So send the message, send the email, send the social media stuff. Fine. Just also know that you're talking to two people who took down a Russian cult leader's whole thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> True. <laughs> but also it's like one of those things that we always say, right? Is that like
1: if you're super triggered by this right now, if you're fired up, your hackles are raised, then fine. Be pissed at us. If you want to be pissed, be pissed. But underneath that is something else. Yeah. Go it has home. nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with Heather. Underneath it, there's a lot deeper stuff there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I see so many different um, TikToks and YouTube videos and things of people who've left an MLM and they were like higher up and they're like talking about some of the horrible yes. abuses and, and terrible things that they went through. Mm-hmm. I see the comments on those videos of people still in them coming after them. And that that is just baffling to me. Like, that you're hearing somebody's experience and you're turning your empathy off. Like, yes, critically think, you can't just believe everything, but like, how come there's so many, there's documentaries. There's like, there has to get to the point where you realize if you're not looking at criticism of something that you're involved in, then you're in cult psychology. Like you should be actively looking at that. Right. And don't,
1: you don't have to take everything that we say no. as 100% valid. Look into what we're saying.
0: Give give it a Google. See what you come up with. Yeah. And then make your own decisions. Exactly right. So, I mean, I'm just going to say skip the, the hateful, angry stuff. It's not what we're here <laughs> for. I know you're going to send it anyways, but we're not fighting. We're not arguing with you. I'm not interested in that. No. This is the information. Do with it what you would like. End of
1: the... No, it, it's, there's, there's not, it's not an argument. It's just presented information exactly exactly
0: and if you want to know if we can do it or not google grab avoid codes okay you won't find it that's us you're welcome go listen to that episode (laughs) all right jay let's um not be girl bosses let's go Uh be just i don't know what should we be what's a better term
1: there is no term That's the thing is that we have to stop like labeling ourselves. We all get swept up in these labels and like, oh, this is me. Hashtag me. Hashtag I'm that. Like, just do you. Do what feels good for you. Do what feels intuitively
0: good for you. I I think I'm going to give myself a label. I'm going to be hashtag caffeinated mermaid. (laughs) Caffeinated COO. (laughs) Okay. Let's Let's let the labels be fun. Right. I don't I don't want to be a girl boss. I want to be a financially secure mermaid whose song lures patriarchal men to their deaths. (laughs) That's a long hashtag, but I'm on board.
1: Hey, everyone. Heather and I have an ask for you.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to our episode for show notes and a place to send feedback. Please visit our website, embodylove.me intuitivegirls girls. Again, that's embodylove.me intuitivegirls girls.